Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, well, thank you for the introduction there, Jim Nance. Always appreciate it. Welcome in, everybody, to this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. The Garcias joined the pod. I think this is really a fun one. Sergio Garcia, of course, 11-time winner of the PGA Tour. Most recently at the Sanderson Farms Championship, we saw him putting with his eyes closed. That was crazy. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? He's going to go to the Masters and do the same thing, see how he does. Uh, but, yeah, we get into that. We get into the eyes-closed mentality. We look ahead to Augusta National. What would a mid-handicapper shoot in tournament conditions? Sergio gives his answer right here on the pod. Of course, his wife, Angela, diehard sports fan. She was there, remember, on the 72nd hole when he won in, in 2017. Really a nice person. She's uh just loves her Texas Longhorns and uh, Dallas Cowboys, New Orleans Saints. So many fun teams and so many fun aspects of both of these people as we talk about life at home at Casa Garcia. What's a typical off day like? We get into all that and you see just a fun side of this couple. So we get into tons of stuff, Ryder Cup, all kinds of content. But before we get to that, I want to get to my sponsor here, Encore Golf. And I was just trying out their tour ball, the Vero X1, just the other day. I really like the four-piece design on their golf ball here it's really good feel around the greens and listen when i was chipping chipping is one of my best aspects of my game because i'm missing greens all the time naturally right but the spin was really helpful around the hole and just just close to the greens control i was really happy with that um it's a good one cast urethane premium cover for optimal feel but listen go to their website really good stuff encoregolf.com check them out they have a couple balls already on the hot list for Golf Digest, the Elixir Ball and the Avant as well, on the gold and silver hot list from Golf Digest. So check them out. Vero X1 is a tour ball. I was trying that the other day. It's a four-piece design that I think is really helpful around the greens. I mean, come on. Who couldn't resist uh, getting some help around the greens? I think we all need it. So Good stuff there, but anyway, we will get to the Garcias without further ado. Sergio and Angela here on Beyond the Clubhouse. Pleased to be joined by my next guests here on Beyond the Clubhouse, Sergio and Angela Garcia, and they are sports fanatics. They love their football. They love their American football. They love their golf. Guys, what's going on today? How are you? Great. How are you, Gary? Yeah, we're doing great. Thanks, Gary. Great stuff. Yeah. I did want to start with that. As sports fans, you guys both, I've seen Angela following you on the course, Sergio. Sergio, I've seen you react to soccer scores before. You guys wear your emotions on your sleeve when it comes to your sports team. So I have to start with both of you. I'll start with Angela. What is it when Sergio sees his favorite football team playing, what is the most animated you've seen him during a match? When he's watching Real Madrid, he can get get pretty animated he is a diehard Real Madrid fan um, and he 
it, it's funny because he always talks to the TV, but in Spanish. So it's, it's cute for me to listen to him talking <laughs> to the players in Spanish. And he's just coaching all of the players like through every step of the game. And it's cool because some of them are good friends of his and you can just tell that he wants them to just do so well. And obviously he is always cheering for the Spanish national team when it comes to to foot, soccer, football as well. Um, but definitely watching Real Madrid. He, he gets the most animated for sure. I remember in 2002, remember Beth Page, when you were playing the U.S. Open, Sergio, you were talking so much about that national Spanish team. You're just watching them every chance you got. What about with Angela? When you see her watching maybe her cousin Drew Brees from the Saints, like how animated, how fired up does she get yelling at the TV? <laughs> she can get quite animated too. Uh, obviously, she, uh, she's been a – a big sportswoman uh, throughout her life and uh, not only doing sports and, and you know, working out and, and all that stuff, but also following. And, you know, I think obviously, yeah, following Drew and the Saints, watching the, uh, watching the Cowboys and watching the Longhorns uh, and also watching, watching Real Madrid. So I made her, I made her, I turned her into a He's now Real Madrid a, fan. Yeah, a, a Saints, Cowboys and Longhorns fan and I'm a big time Real Madrid fan. <laughs> But yeah, now she uh, she can get quite animated, but it's it's good, you know. We we love her, we love her sports. Uh, we've we've always have, and and it's uh, it's great fun to to be able to watch games together and, and kind of cheer for uh, for the same teams and and you know get get involved in it. Oh, totally! We all love sports. And Sergio, have you had a chance to play golf with Drew Brees? And what was that experience like? What kind of golfer is he? What what kind of comes to mind with him? I haven't actually. Uh, I haven't uh, not yet. We've uh, we've been close of doing it, but uh, it's it's not easy with with both of our schedules. But I'm I'm sure that uh, we'll we'll do it at some point. Uh, we really want to play tennis together too. Uh, he he was a really good tennis player as a, as a junior and stuff. So I would uh, and I love my tennis. So I would love to play to play with him at some point, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll be able to manage that uh, sometime. Yeah. Well, I know there's so much going on with COVID that has changed the world, but I know you guys have your foundation, the Sergio Garcia Foundation, and you have that amateur event associated with the AJGA. What, what are you guys looking forward to with, with things upcoming, with what, what you're planning, and, and how fulfilling is it for you guys to work on that stuff? We are, we're definitely looking forward to our AJG event, AJGA event that you just mentioned. Um, unfortunately, we had to cancel the event this year in 2020 because of COVID. Our, our AJGA tournament is usually um, the week basically after the Players' Championship. And as you know, anyone who follows golf knows, you know, the Players was canceled and then everything shut down after that. So that was, that was unfortunate to have to cancel our tournament. Obviously, it was the right decision. Um, so we're even more excited this year than ever before to, to have the tournament again because we have so many um, junior golfers and parents and families that love that event. We've been voted the best AJJ event before, um, and it means so much to us that they love it. So we're really excited about that. And also, you know, all the things that we can do in Europe, um, things have been really bad in Spain. And, you know, we've, we've, had, we've had a lot of discussions on how we can help, you know, what we're going to be able to do with our foundation in Spain in the future. And, and I think once things calm down, we'll, we'll be able to kind of assess that and see where we can, we can um, focus some funds and, and how we can really help. Well, speaking of Spain, Sergio, um, with your, I know your parents live there. 
Uh, have they had a chance to meet Enzo yet? Because I know they're in Spain and, and you guys are, you know, all over the world, really. Yeah, not face-to-face. -face. Uh, obviously, they've seen him uh, on FaceTime and stuff like that. But uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to, to go back to Spain uh, since uh, the beginning of the year. And, uh, but we're going to be going there soon, uh, right after the Masters. So they're really, really excited to, to see him, not only him, but Azalea too, and, and see how much he's grown and everything. And, uh, you know, thankfully they're, they're staying healthy, which is, which is great. And, uh, I, you know, we talked to them a couple of days ago and they're, they're so excited to, uh, to see the, the kiddos. Oh, two cute kids. I mean, who wouldn't? As grandparents, I know my, my parents are just always texting us. Okay, send us another picture. Send us another video. We're waiting. We're hungry. So I, I totally get that. I got to ask you guys too about um, my condolences to your two late uncles that passed away from COVID. Um, what can you tell our audience about those two, those two great men? Yeah, it's, uh, there, uh, there were two, uh, two brothers of, of my dad. Uh, they lived in Madrid. Um, my, uh, my dad it's, uh, comes from a big family. Uh, he's one of nine. So, um, but uh, we have pretty much almost all of his family is, is from Madrid. And unfortunately, uh, you know, one of them, uh, Uncle, Uncle Paco, uh, he, uh, he passed away at the beginning of uh, the first kind of wave, you may call it, of, of COVID, uh, probably about a month into it or something like that. Um, and then uh, uh, Uncle Angel unfortunately died the Saturday before uh, Jackson, Mississippi. So about three or four weeks ago. So, um, it's, it is unfortunate. Yes. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you never want that to happen to anyone, but you know, we have a lot of family there and Madrid has been, it's been hit quite badly. So there's a lot of other families that have lost a lot, a lot more, more people. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you just gotta, uh, deal with it the best way possible, pray for them and, uh, hope that, uh, they're in a, in a better place. Uh, well, speaking of a better place, we, we know on another big person in your family lives, for both you guys, Ray Akins, your grandfather. Um, Angela, I want to ask you about him because I remember in, in our days when we worked on your show, uh, Garcia Ledbetter Remix, one of the quotes I always remember you talking about him was he said there's three different types of people. There's people that, that make things happen, that people wonder what happened. You know the quote better than I do, but what can we as an audience learn from, from your grandfather? He was a World War II veteran as well. What can we learn from the wisdom that you're sharing there? Oh, um, yeah, he was an incredible man. And one of the things that I'm most thankful for is that Sergio was able to get to know him for several years before he passed away. He's had a huge impact on my life and the life of, you know, my, my siblings and, you know, my, my, obviously my father who's his son and my mom as well. And Drew, it's Drew's grandfather and, and Reed, Drew's brother and our other cousin Ryan. Like we've all, been well, I would say very successful and really hard workers in our lives and and I, I really think it has a lot to do with our grandfather um he had some great quotes I mean I could spend I could spend hours talking about them the one that you're talking about is he he used to say you can help me with this after mm -hmm. remember but it was um you can either was it you can make things happen or you can wonder what the hell happened so there are two kinds of people in, in the world. And that's so true. I, I think, you know, you can, you can like be preemptive and, and do things and work hard, or you can sit around and not do anything. And then one day you might look around and say, what the heck happened? And I, I do think in today's world, 
Um, that's something that we could all really learn from because that really was the greatest generation, the generation that my grandfather is from. They don't make people like that anymore. And I think it's a shame because they were really hard workers and they fought for something and they believed in something. And with everything that's going on today, our country needs a lot of work. I mean, we have so many issues and so many problems and I think we see that. And I think that the biggest step is like conversation and everyone working hard to do something that's going to make this, this country and this world a better place. Definitely. Yeah. It always, it's always great to see people that take action. Sergio has taken some great action, of course, on the course, winning the masters, being the all time European writer or actually all time Ryder cup point winner in history. One of your great events. We're going to get to those two events in a minute. I wanted to talk to you guys at home. The Garcia's at home. What's a typical off day at Casa Garcia. Like you've got Enzo, you've got uh, Zalia. Paint <laughs> us a picture. Chaos, but yeah, beautiful well, chaos. Yeah, no, it's 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 fun. Obviously, we we try to uh, we try to do our, our little things here and there. Obviously, me practicing and we enjoy like uh, like I was saying, we enjoy playing tennis. So we'll, we'll go out to to play tennis and uh, leave the kids either with with the grandparents or the nanny and for a little bit. But um, yeah, no, but it's it's great fun to you know wake up in the morning and uh, prepare breakfast for for uh, for everyone and. Kind of uh, so the whole family wakes our up. Our off days consist of Sergio cooking a lot. Like he makes <laughs> his breakfast and he makes his lunch and enjoy, he makes his I dinner it, and it's. I love. It's, I love. We're very lucky. Sorry. Sergio loves to cook. Yeah, but mm. um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's good fun. Uh, we uh, we try to hang out together and uh, just enjoy enjoy each other. Um, you know, have as as much fun as possible and and kind of just look at our kids growing up and and you know, see uh, the joy and the energy and the enthusiasm that they, that they have. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, kids are joyous to so many of us as parents. I'm wondering, um, when Enzo gets up and cries in the night, who is the first one to know, hey, you know, it's my turn, I got to get him? <laughs> well, funny enough, he's unbelievable. That he's a great, he's a, he's a great sleeper. We've, mm-hmm. we've been really lucky with both. They're, they're, both, uh, they're both very good sleepers. So, um, but... Uh, I think obviously if uh, if it happens in a tournament and, and we're all there, uh, Angela usually gets them uh, so I can rest. Uh, if we're at home, then we'll we'll go back and forth. Uh, but you know, I I try to help as much as possible if, if that happens. But fortunately for us, uh, they're they're both great kids and they haven't they haven't given us uh, many uh, many bad nights. I guess. No, when. I think Enzo, when he was about two and a half months old, started sleeping through the night. Obviously, when Sergio's gone at tournaments, it's all all on me. <laughs> but he makes up for it when he comes back. That's for sure. He's very, very hands-on and a really great dad. Yeah, I heard that he changes most of the diapers on a percentage scale, that he, he's up there. Between you two, though, as we, as we look at both Angela and Sergio, who's the better dancer? Okay. Hey, you had that. You had that. Without without, without a doubt, yeah. All right, because you did that dancing at the reveal, at the gender reveal for Enzo Sergio. I mean, come on. You got some moves. Yeah, it's it's, it's better. She's better. I I give hands down to her. (laughs) He's not bad though. He's not bad. What about singing? If you guys are ever singing to the kids, karaokeing in the car, who's a better singer? Without a doubt. She's really good. She's, no, she's, I'm she's not a, a great, good singer. She's a great rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I do. 
I do know I my, my rap lyrics. Sergio does say that I have a good voice. I appreciate that very much. It's not, um, it's definitely not our, our strong suit in this not, family. Not Hopefully Azalea and Enzo will get someone else's voice. Maybe if we like spend enough time mm -hmm. with, a, I don't know, our good friend Niall Horan or something, mm -hmm. his voice will ring, <laughs> will rub off on them. Well, it's interesting. I, I look at, you guys have houses around the world, of Switzerland and Europe, um, Austin, different places you live. But I'm curious, when it comes to decorating the house, and we know how, how decorated Sergio's career is with his winnings, of course, the green jacket, the master's trophy, the player's trophy. How much, how, in terms of, I guess, setting up the room, how, how much do we see those trophies in, in the rooms? How much does she let you uh, have those out there, Sergio? Well, she, she does let me. Uh, we, usually, we usually have a room for, like a trophy room. I proudly display all of his yeah. trophies. No, she, uh, she's and my proud. And my junior high, let's see, third place cross-country <laughs> meet trophy as well. <laughs> no, but yeah, we, we, have, uh, we have a trophy room in, uh, in our houses, and, and we try to display uh, some of the trophies there that, that we both achieved throughout, throughout our lives. Uh, and mostly hers, but because yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know the masters, it's just it's here and and high school. <laughs> we have Sergio has enough trophies to fill like his parents' house in Spain and our house in Switzerland. And my parents have so like that he has so many trophies that that each house has a beautiful display of them. <laughs> mm. So many individual things that you've done. Of course, you've been part of so many teams that have been successful too. We'll get to that Ryder Cup in a minute. Favorite sports moments that each of you guys have attended, non-golf related? Um, for me, I think uh, Champions League finals. We've been to a couple of them. Uh, watched Real Madrid win them, uh, so that, that's been fun. Um, on a personal note for me, before, before I, I met Angela, I watched the, the – Euro, the Euro Cup that Spain won in, in Germany in 2008. So that was, uh, that was really exciting uh, because it was our first big trophy that, that we won as a nation for, for a long time. So, um, but uh, I think we've been, we've been lucky to, to be able to see some, some great events. Mm, yeah. Um, for me, Wimbledon, Wimbledon yeah. yes, that's cool. For me, I mean, getting to go to the Super Bowl and watch my cousin win a Super Bowl and uh, be Super Bowl MVP was really amazing. But I think my favorite sporting event ever, you said non-golf, was when Sergio, after he won the Masters, he we went to El Clasico, which is Madrid versus Barcelona, and Sergio got to do like the opening kickoff, kind of like the first pitch in baseball. And not many people get to do that. It's very rare. Um, and Sergio, the Real Madrid invited him to go go on the field and do that. And I don't know how many people that the the, the Bernabeu holds. 000. Maybe yeah, I was gonna say ninety thousand people, and they were all chanting Sergio. It was <laughs> it was pretty amazing. And I I was it was literally the two teams, the referees, Sergio and me on the field. And it was I'll never forget that moment. It was pretty spectacular. And then to get to watch um, an El Clasico. It was amazing. Unfortunately, Real Madrid lost, but but it was still amazing. Messi scored the last goal and like yeah. took a shirt like off. Like the 93rd minute. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> but it must have felt it must have felt amazing for you in that moment too, at the beginning of the game, Sergio, to be a part of that. Hear the chance. 
Oh, for sure. It was like my, uh, you know, my, I got goosebumps. My, you know, my, the, the, the hairs in the back of my neck were, were sticking up. And uh, even <laughs> though, really yeah, even though I've been lucky enough to, uh, to have some, some great experiences in, in tournaments and, you know, like the Masters and Players' Championship, like you said, and in Spain and, and Ryder Cups and stuff like that, that was, that was a little bit different because so many people, in one spot, you know, chanting your name, that, that was, uh, that was extremely special and, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, always, always remember. Well, chanting your name, you've heard it so many times at the Ryder Cup. I think you beat Phil Mickelson in, in singles 2004. You, you got your first Ryder Cup win in 02 as a team. Remember, of course, you teamed up with Jesper Parnovic in 99, jumping into his arms. You were so excited to be a part of the Ryder Cup. What would it mean to you at some point to be the captain of Team Europe? It's, I'm sure it'll be a, a, an amazing honor and, and, and achievement. But, uh, but to be totally honest, it's not something that I'm thinking about it not right now. You know, I, uh, I feel like I can still, I can still uh, bring some, some good to the team as a, as a player. Uh, and that's, that's what I want to try to do for uh, for at least uh, two or three more, uh, it would be it would be nice, you know, if I stay healthy and my game stays stays strong. Uh, it would be nice to to keep helping the European team as um, you know as I as I get a little bit older. So um, when that moment comes, I'll, I'll definitely th- will definitely think about it. Uh, but uh, you know, being being a Ryder Cup captain, it's it's a tremendous honor, but it's not an easy job. It's 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 very tough. Uh, it's a lot of pressure, a lot of unknowns a lot of things that you have to do and and you you know you depend on your on your players uh, at the end of the day so um you know it uh, it definitely will be something thrilling but uh hopefully not for a while what's been the sweetest Ryder cup win so far oh there've been there's been a lot i think fortunately i think uh, that 2018 was was great for for many reasons i mean we've we've had some great Great wins and some great Ryder Cups, uh, and and you know I don't want to um, I don't want to put down any any of, of the ones that we've had. But uh, 2018 was great for because the golf course was amazing, the city Paris was amazing, the weather was great. Uh, we played we played great golf uh, against a, a very strong American team. So um, everything that got mixed up there was uh, made for a, for an unbelievable Ryder Cup, but, uh, but they're all, they're all very special. You talked about, of course, individually having so much ahead of you, you want to accomplish. How much did winning there in Mississippi reignite your passion to continue winning? Uh, it definitely did. Uh, it definitely did a lot. Um, because, you know, even though, even though I, you know, I, I, I like I kept winning every year, like in Europe. I won uh, two or three times throughout uh, after after winning the Masters uh, until now, uh, probably three or four times. It's always nice to to win to win on the PGA Tour. You know, it's the toughest the toughest tour to win in, and uh, it's difficult to win everywhere. But in the PGA Tour, it's even tougher. You know, the 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 strength of the fields and the the depth of the fields is uh, they're just 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 amazing. So. Uh, when you win on the PGA Tour, you know it's it's always a little bit extra special. So to be able to to do it again at the age of forty and and uh, you know get a nice nice boost of confidence, uh, it's um, you know it was uh, extremely special. And uh, I just 
can't wait to keep going and give my give myself more chances of it. Yeah. Well, we've seen increased distance for you off the tee. Is anything you've been doing recently that's changed that? Um, I think it's it's a it's a mix of uh, obviously I try to stay as fit as possible. Um, I, I've done I've done that through, throughout my career, and, and I've been fortunate to to be very very healthy and very fit, uh, and I haven't I haven't really had many injuries, so that that always helps. Um, a little bit more speed. Uh, throughout the swing and um, and a little bit uh, good matchup with with uh, with some of the new equipment uh, I, I feel like you know it's, it's matching my my game better than than it was in the last couple of years and and because of that I'm, I'm more comfortable I can I can swing a little bit harder at it I'm not trying to guide it uh, like like I was and uh, thanks to that then uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more out of it well what about the eyes closed putting thing? Angela, have you tried it? Is, is it successful for you too? <laughs> I, I have not tried it. I, I want to let the pro, uh, you know, stick to that. <laughs> is, how do you, de- oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, go. How do you determine when you will or when you won't do that over the ball? I, I do it on every putt. Every putt. Yeah. Um, so obviously I, what I do is I, uh, I, I get my read, I look at my pot, I try to uh, see the speed that I want to hit it in uh, or with. And then, um, you know, I stand over, take a practice stroke, looking at the hole with my eyes open, obviously. And then I, I line it up where I want to be and, and then I just close my eyes and I just try to feel the stroke and, and feel the speed that I that I want to hit it in with. Um, at the end of the day, for me, it's just, uh, it's all about smoothness uh, through my stroke and uh, if, if I'm able to feel that that I'm doing it nice and smooth uh, then my confidence goes up and, and I feel like I can putt better and um, you know it's 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 quite simple it's uh, it's just it's just that I feel like with my eyes closed I kind of take you know like uh, too many worries out of it uh, if, if Sometimes when I'm when I have my eyes open, I, I try to make it too perfect, and and your stroke doesn't have to be perfect for it to be good enough to to make it. So, um, you know, I feel like if I'm not looking at that what I'm doing with the putter, then it's easy for me to just let my athletic ability to take over and just uh, just feel it and, and and let it happen. When you guys play against each other on the course, what is the what are the bets normally for? Is it for like a, a couple of chores back at home that night, or what's going on? It's, it's so much money <laughs> 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 for a couple uh, diaper changes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> diaper changes and stuff like that. No, we don't um, really we don't really bet when we play. No, we just, we go just out and, yeah, we just enjoy we just enjoy. I'm time. smart. I know that I don't want to be betting anything. <laughs> I'm trying to give her enough shots so we can we can have the a, only a nice, way nice I would ever have a chance is is match play like with shots. So I've come second, close a second, couple of times. Second play though, she's a good player. My favorite is when I'll be walking back when there were fans. I'll be walking around watching Sergio, and people mm-hmm. would you know maybe come up to me and and say hi and 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 say, can you beat Sergio if they know that I play golf? And I'm like, you're so nice, but obviously if I could beat Sergio, I would probably be out playing. You know, on the LPGA tour, <laughs> I wouldn't be, you know, not playing golf. So he's he's very good, as as you know. 
Well, you're talking about when the back when there were fans, um, every golfer, including myself wearing my master's shirt here, every golfer dreams of playing Augusta National. And Sergio, you play it so many times in tournament conditions, you know how fast the greens are. What would a 12 or a 15 handicap shoot in tournament conditions? In tournament conditions, from the back tees. <laughs> the back tees, scoreboards, everything up. Master's flags, everything. Um, a 15 handicapper. I think a 15 handicapper, if it manages to break 105, it'll do very well. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um, Sergio, I know that you had the Champions Dinner. Of course, you had the Tres Leches uh, cake that you were a part of there with that, Angela, helping with that. When you had that Champions Dinner, how fulfilling was it to step in that room as champion? It's on property at Augusta National, but with all those past guys, past winners in the tournament, it's it's amazing. Uh, it's it's such a uh, such an iconic thing to be able to be a part of. Uh, uh, to just to sit there with uh, with some of the old champions and the new champions and and you know uh, the best players we've we've ever had in in the game. Uh, it, it's just it's just something that is is difficult to describe, but. Uh, you know, I've uh, I've only been a part of two of them, but I've I've definitely enjoyed both of them. Uh, it's nice to see everyone sitting around and talking and, and you know sharing stories and uh, or thoughts or, or something. But uh, more than anything, just to see all of us there uh, enjoying a night together and, and and some some delicious food and you know it's uh, it's great fun. How enjoyable is it for you to get to Augusta when, when those days happen, Angela? Um, I, I love going to Augusta. It's such an amazing place. I You were talking about playing it. I was fortunate enough to play it last year with Sergio on the Sunday before the Masters and to actually get to see what the golfers see um, and be on the greens and on the fairways. That gave me a whole new appreciation for it. Um, and some of the wives of of the, the champions, we do our own thing. So that, that's something that we look forward to all year. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's special. There's, I don't think there's anything in sports that compares to, to the Masters. I think even, you know, even some of the tennis grand slams and things, they're, while they are amazing, there's nothing like Augusta. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's one of the great spots. Um, you know, this is a funny question. Take it for what it is. If you want to answer it, you can or, or not. But uh, the tin cup moment you had as defending champion 2018 there on 15. Have you watched it back at all? Or have you thought tin cup as it happened? Anything like that? <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking tin cup because I, I wanted to make sure that I finished my round to start with. <laughs> I didn't want to run out of balls. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't really watched it. Uh, it's just... I mean, I watched it when it happened and stuff uh, live, and then I watched it again a couple of times. But it's just one of those things, you know. Augusta, it's it's funny sometimes, you know. Sometimes when, uh, but you know, the year before I made eagle there, and and I got a good break on Saturday on on thirteen when the ball stayed in the in the bank and and uh, next to the creek, and and I was I was able to get up and down for birdie. So. Sometimes you get great breaks and sometimes you, you get bad ones. I, um, you know, I felt like, I can't even remember how many balls I had in the water, four or five. I, I felt like other than one, I hit three, three shots. I don't know. I, see, I had three really good shots that I thought they were going to be next to the hole, starting with the first one. 
and uh, and unfortunately it didn't happen um, but you know it's it's one of those things that uh, you, know, you can you can kind of talk about it in the in the future and uh, kind of make fun of it but uh, you know you just kind of learn from it and and uh, move on yeah well all of us as golf fans um, one segment I do is is we talk about warm-up habits practice habits how can we learn from from tour pros and What's a typical warm-up for you on an off day and then a warm-up before your round? Um, well, it kind of depends a little bit uh, on, on timing, but uh, on, a, on a tournament round, it will be, I usually will get to the course probably around an hour and 25 minutes, an hour and 30 minutes before my tea time. Uh, stretch, do a nice, nice little stretch. Uh, a little bit of upper body, mostly legs, um, because of all the walking we're going to do. And then, uh, and then I usually go go out to the putting green about an hour before my tee time. I get everything that I need, my tees, my glove, uh, everything, and I start putting. Usually putt for about 20 minutes, uh, just kind of get a good feel for the greens. Then go to the range, uh, hit, uh, hit some balls probably for for about 20, 25 minutes. And then I'll, I'll hit a few chips uh, for about five or, or 10 minutes. And then I, I have five, five minutes left or so to, to get to the tee and, and get ready for, for my run. And then usually at home, it depends. It depends on if I'm just doing a, a, a practice, like full on practice day, or if I'm just gonna, warm up a little bit and then play with some friends or something uh it might change a little bit obviously if i'm if i'm working on something on the range i might i might spend you know an hour and an hour and 15 minutes on the range uh but uh, usually i i try not to overdo it too much on the range and go more for quality than, than quantity for, for us amateur golfers us weekend hackers what should we be doing with our 20 minutes so i know a lot of us we hit drivers too much but in those 20 minutes what should we really focus on to be ready? Well, I mean, obviously you start with uh, hitting a couple of wedges, uh, get a good feel for it. I think that at the end of the day, the, what, you wanna, what you wanna try to do when you're on the range is, is work on your tempo and, and, and get some confidence as, you, as you're warming up. So uh, it is important to, like I said earlier, it's, for me it's more important quality than quantity. So it's better to, to hit 30 balls, kind of thinking a little bit about what you wanna do uh, than, than, than hitting 50, just hitting, 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 and not even thinking what's, what's, uh, what's going on. So um, I think that uh, if you can do that, then your focus is a little bit better. Uh, you probably don't get a start because you don't hit as many balls. And then uh, hopefully when you get to the first tee, you, you, you have a little bit more of a clear vision of what you want to do. Yeah. Well, with chipping, I know a lot of us, we get so nervous around the greens, but what is a good way for us to practice our chipping in those warm-up routine? Well, I mean, chipping is uh, it's tricky. Obviously, you need, first of all, you need to do, you need to do it uh, the right way because uh, even if, if you're doing it the wrong way, it's going to be, even if your practice is going to be tough because you're going to be practicing the wrong, the wrong thing. So I think that... Uh, you know, obviously, using the bounce of the club is always important. Um, try not to get too steep. Uh, and and for amateurs, I would say, when you have the possibility of keeping the ball on the ground uh, as much as possible, uh, that takes a lot of 
difficult uh, difficultness uh, out of uh, difficulty out of the, <laughs> difficulty out of the out of the shots. So if uh, you know if you have 15 yards of green instead of hitting the 58 degree or the 56 degree like like we like to do and and you know we do it for a living and we do it every day you know maybe hit like a nine iron and just kind of work on your on your chip and runs uh, knowing that even if you don't hit it perfect you're going to hit it somewhere close where you can have a chance of getting up and down or maybe just the chip and a, and a two putt instead of trying to get too fancy and then you hit a bad chip and then you hit another chip and, and all of a sudden you're, you're adding shots uh, everywhere. What are you two looking forward to the most about getting back to Augusta this year? It's a different time, Sergio. You haven't played in November, but what are you guys looking forward to? I don't know. It's, it's going to be funny. It's going to be interesting uh, because there's going to be no crowd, so it's going to be totally different. The, 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 the energy is going to be different than, than what we usually see it there. Uh, but I am excited. I'm excited for the Champions Dinner again. I'm excited to to get back there because uh, for a, for a while it looked like we weren't even going to be able to play uh, the Masters at Augusta this year. So um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays now in in November. Uh, hopefully the weather is is good, and uh, if it is, you know it could it could be a an amazing Masters where the course is great and and it plays. Uh, you know the weather is great and, and we can all really have a great time. Angela, for you? I'm just looking forward to something semi-normal. I mean, in this time where things are so weird, I'm really happy that the guys are able to play. We're really lucky for that. And I'm happy that people are going to have that to watch on TV because it's something that sports fans in general, even people who aren't sports fans, look forward to for a very long time. And I think everyone right now needs something positive and happy and a little bit normal. So I think that will be good for everyone. Well, everybody, of course, is looking forward to it. Angela, Sergio, thanks for joining me today. Uh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Garrett. you very much. Thank you, Garrett. Well, my thanks to the Garcias for that episode. Hey, I was thoroughly entertained, especially as Sergio tells us about what would a mid-handicapper really shoot in true tournament conditions, Augusta National with the speeds of the greens. 105, man, that is a little bit on the demoralizing side for us dreamers if we were to ever get out there during tournament conditions, right? I mean, I mean come on. Uh, 105 is, oof. That's killer. But anyway, good stuff from Sergio. I love to hear him a little bit more about the eyes closed putting. Of course, we're looking ahead to the Masters. So much interesting stuff as we see there uh, from the 11-time winner on the PGA Tour. But hey, the other thing too, I just thought they were very easy to talk to. And I think you may have picked up on just, hey, there's relatable stuff uh, from the Garcias. They're at home on the day off. What do they do? Uh, just a good insight into what life is like for that young family. Of course, the two kids, they got Azalea and Enzo. But anyway, hope you enjoyed it. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Johnston Garrett at Beyond Clubhouse as well. On Instagram, at Garrett Johnston Golf. Follow Sergio and Angela as well on Twitter, at the Sergio Garcia and at the Angela Akins. They're on Twitter and Instagram, the same handle for both of them. I should probably follow suit as they do. On Facebook, you can find Beyond the Clubhouse, its own page as well, and then Garrett Johnston uh, with my Facebook page. But listen, hope you enjoyed it. I think this is a good... Just a good view of, of the Garcias, uh, what life is like uh, for that for that young family. What life is like uh, for that young family there. 
as they uh, look ahead here. A lot of fun stuff here with the Masters as we look ahead to another major for 2020, the last major of the year. So anyway, thanks for joining me here on Beyond the Clubhouse, and we'll catch up again soon.